A nudnik, a real bum. The bad clowns freak him out. Jonathan, I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. I think we're alone now. The beating of our hearts is the only sound. Welcome, listeners, to episode two of UHS 60 Seconds with myself, David Johnson, and my co-host. I just wanted to make you think that you were by yourself. <laughs> well done. Um, I, I chose to recite those lyrics from the Tiffany song uh, because we are quite a few less people in this episode than we were last episode. It's just uh, Jonathan and I bringing you all the information about episode two of this podcast. It's not exactly minute two. It's it's our minutes, so it's minute two. It's our yeah, six, our so. sixty two seconds. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, and this sixty two seconds uh, starts in the jungle mm. and ends kind of still in the jungle, more or less. We get some action this minute, though. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of really one of the only things that happens in this minute. So uh, do we want to get right into the the, uh, the betrayal in the jungle? I think we do. Um, okay. Yeah, because I'm really excited to talk about this minute because I think this minute is kind of why I'm even here. Sorry, is there? Uh, are you going to leave after this minute? Or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 93 episodes short, but that's fine. <laughs> No, it's just I was one of those annoying kids that when someone would come over, I would want to show them this, you know, the cool stuff. And this movie was at one time one of those cool things that I would want to show people. So this minute, not only does it have like funny stuff like, hey, you remember that from Indiana Jones, but it also has a little special effects goof that I thought I was really cool for noticing. And so I was always wanted somebody else to like, did you see that? Did you see that? So now we get to spend an entire episode just saying, did you see that? Uh, so you're referring to the uh, gaff with the wrong arm that gets dismembered? Exactly. That's interesting. So you were, yeah, you were one of those annoying kids. Were there other parts <laughs> in this movie that were, did you get that? Did you get that? Was that? Uh, probably the entire movie, really. But <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I gotta say, I'm glad that we didn't watch this together as kids, because if, if we had, maybe this podcast wouldn't be happening. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, shut up. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't remember because I had watched this movie so much from an early age. I feel like there's several things in this movie that I knew and then as time went on, forgot and then rediscovered again uh, in preparation for the podcast. Of course, I was listening to the commentary and, and, uh, Al points out, um, the incorrect prop and I was like, oh yeah, wait, I do know that. All right, so for those who are listening and haven't watched the movie, which that's I hope that's not anybody, this is the familiar shot from uh, Indiana Jones where the guy's going to betray him, he's going to shoot him, and then he turns around and whips him. But in this case, he whips his arm completely off, and then we see it fall to the ground, and it's not the same arm. He whips his left arm off, and his right arm falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I, I was actually disappointed when I listened to the commentary because... Yeah, Weird Al definitely makes it sound like it was a goof, like it was the wrong arm. And that kind of made me sad because I always thought forever that it that was... That was part of the gag. Yeah, that was, that was, it made it even funnier. Yeah, because it's like a double, it's ridiculous that he strikes out with his whip and the guy's arm kind of just falls off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, which is a pretty funny. And then uh, the shot, the cutaway shot on the ground, it's the wrong um, Al uh, blames it on uh, Jay, the director, right away in the commentary, <laughs> which is pretty funny that uh, Jay was not able to communicate correctly with the props department. But 
especially because, you know, they had to talk with the props department to rig the clothing up to fall away on the uh, left-hand arm, but then why would they provide them with the right hand? Um, maybe there was somebody in the props department that was like, you know what, I'm going to help these guys out. Uh, this needs to be punched up a little bit. It's not. It's almost there, but this is going to make it a lot better. So somebody in that props department was really uh, on point, I guess. <laughs> right. We all know that Weird Al... You know, all of the video stuff he's done, he he loves dismemberment and, you know, chopping heads off and stuff. But the, somebody in the prop was like, yeah, but there needs to be a reason for the joke. You know, it can't just be body parts all over the place. Yeah. It's the wrong body parts. partner have you ever wished you could master the delicate art of the bullwhip if you answered yes then look no further than the buster ulysses trail and whip institute of pastoral eccentricities here we can teach you all the ins and outs of the whip including taming wild animals swinging over obstacles disarming opponents and even the subtle art of seduction like that fedora wearing fellow in the picture shows but that's not where our selection of classes end oh no we also teach trailblazing, cattle herding, wood carving, totem construction, woodland creature population control, tent pitching, and of course, knife fighting. So sign up for classes today by calling 555-B-U-T-W-I-P-E? Ah, oh, dag nabbit, now we're gonna have to change the sign again. Cletus, why do you keep thinking up these dumb acronyms? You know, uh, I do want to mention one other thing about Red Hawk, who's the guide number two, I guess, when his arm falls off, when he kind of backs away and runs off screen, he actually does a pretty good job of selling that he only has one arm. It reminded me of when we were guessing on Spider-Man Minute and we were talking about Dylan Baker kind of having a problem with uh, selling that same kind of a gag in Spider-Man 2 as Dr. Connors. Yeah, where he's um, kind of like half trying to hail a cab with his arm that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, and, and this guy is uh, a virtual nobody, I guess, um, because I didn't bother to look for this minute what his name is. So he will remain a nobody on this podcast, but uh, he sells it a lot better than Dylan Baker. Um, yeah, I did find his name. Let's see if I can find it because, uh-oh. See, I have guide one and two, and now I can't remember from my notes which one is which. Well, we had so guide two gets dismembered. We had named him in episode one. Um, guide one was Alfred Molina. Guide two was uh, Red Hawk. Okay, so if or I Jeep, I guess we called him well, Jeep. I call him Jeep. As long as my notes are okay and goes along with that, then I think that's Joe Restivo. Oh, of course, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. But he <laughs> is course. he is hard to find any info on. Uh, I think this is. This is the only thing I could find that he did any acting in. He's actually, you know, more of a production type person. Um, I couldn't, I literally couldn't even Google and find a picture of him. <laughs> the only way I could figure out who was who from the names and, you know, which one was guide one and guide two was from the other guy, uh, Tony Salome, that uh, I actually found, you know, like a YouTube video of him doing some stand up or something like that. Oh, really? Well, I guess the other guy is the other guy then. I literally couldn't find any likeness of him to compare to anything. Interesting. Let me ask you this. Uh, have you ever been in a jungle? Uh, no. All right. You? No. Let me ask you, have you ever taken someone's arm off? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the, the follow-up. 
Oh, I well, you, that was the first time you'd asked me, you know, return the favor. Okay. <laughs> David, have you ever taken anyone's arm off? No. Oh, okay. Also, uh, there's another fun gag in this minute of the uh, all the animal noises in the jungle. If you listen closely, there's um, cows and cats and um, sheep and things like that mixed in mm-hmm. with the regular jungle noises, which is fun. Now, to go with the wrong hand joke, it would be funny if we actually saw a sheep and we heard a, a moo or something like that. <laughs> like this jungle is all screwed up. Like the opposite jungle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like really dry and not uh, human. It, then I would expect that when we see the Weird Al character and then it shoots to a different character and then we come back to him, all of a sudden his jacket would be on backwards or you know, there'd be some like craziness going on. Well, he is going to wear his jacket backwards in a future minute. That, yeah, it's true. Well, this this jungle is crazy. Though. Do we want to talk about any of the uh, on-screen credits that we see? Any of the names that pop up in this minute? Yeah, because these are a lot of uh, fun characters coming up. Uh, and we'll talk about them more as they come up. Yeah, who who do you want to start with? We'll go chronological or whatever you whatever fits your fancy. <laughs> yeah, I guess chronological, yeah. Kevin McCarthy, we have first. Unfortunately, we're not going to get him to be able to appear on this podcast for an interview, being that he passed away uh, a number of years ago. Uh, so that's a really big bummer. But Kevin McCarthy plays uh, R.J. Fletcher, and probably most famous for Invasion of the Body Snatchers, both the original and the remake. Uh, but I also noticed that he was on, a, Weird Al had him on an episode of the Weird Al show uh, at one point as the credited as the mayor. So that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> that uh, Weird Al kind of had some of these people uh, back again. I, I'm i sure I saw him in other things, too, um, but I never saw The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I did see Between This and Inner Space. I've never seen Inner Space. What? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Well, we will not be doing Inner Space Minute, but maybe somebody will at some point. Do I need to look into Inner Space? I would say yes. Maybe other people would say no. I don't know. But, I mean, you got Martin Short. I saw Martin Short, and that, so, okay, that Martin Short alone is probably enough to make yeah. me bite. Martin Short and Meg Ryan. Okay. Um, next, we have Michael Richards. We do. We sure do. Michael Richards, in the commentary, actually talks quite a bit about Kevin McCarthy. I, I Kind of reading between the lines, I don't think that Michael Richards enjoyed working with Kevin McCarthy that much, <laughs> which, <laughs> I don't know. May not come as that much of a surprise given how uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy treats Michael Richards' character. Michael Richards, of course, plays uh, Stanley Spadowski in the film and is, of course, most famously known for his role as Kramer in Seinfeld. Uh, Kramer's hairdo was one that I emulated for a couple of years while I still had hair before the fall. <laughs> I, I remember that. Uh, now, if anyone characterized you as a Kramer, I mean, was that just a hairdo or was that a character you were kind of going for? Or? Yeah, no, I, you know, it was interesting. I was still living at home when Seinfeld was on for the most part, like in high school and whatnot. And it was kind of like, it wasn't an off limit show, but it was kind of frowned upon. So I didn't actually watch Seinfeld a lot at the time, but I was super into the character of Kramer. And I, you know, kind of tried to dress like him when I could. And I was kind of tall and lanky like Michael Richards. And I did a couple um, high school dramas and definitely try to like bring some of Michael Richards' physicality to my performances, probably not very successfully. Um, yeah, he was a uh, Michael Richards, as, as Stanley Sadowski and as Cosmo Kramer, was a pretty big deal for me in high school around that time. Oh, good. 
My my favorite uh, for this minute, my my favorite uh, credit coming up is David Bowie. Yeah, yes, yeah. I would get disappointed a little bit every single time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I would forget as a young person when when I saw that name. I'm a huge David Bowie fan, and I always be like, oh, and then oh. <laughs> uh, see, at the time when I watched this movie, I I was aware. I would see the name, and I knew that there was a David Bowie out in the world. So I really didn't know if this was him or wasn't him, because I, I kind of thought that he didn't look the same, but that's as much as I knew. Like, I had no definitive anything to go off of. Um, although I did see Labyrinth, so I'm not really sure how that time right. frame fit. Yeah, I, I'm sure I was watching Labyrinth at the same time, and it was obviously not the same guy. He's, he wears a lot of makeup in Labyrinth. It's true. But just the voice and, and everything, I, I was I was pretty <laughs> I was clued in that we were dealing with two separate people. Or he's a really good actor. Well, yeah, that's one interesting credit for David Bowe. He was in A Few Good Men, which brings us to Aaron Sorkin, and I just want to bring up Aaron Sorkin to a piece of my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Harvey Bilchick. Yep, Harvey Bilchick. Which I, I don't really know how. I don't know who made the decision to put these credits in, in what order. Maybe they're, are they appearance? Maybe? I don't know. No. No. Yes. I was just surprised not to see Harvey Bilchick's credit or, I mean, sorry, uh, Stanley, Stanley Brock next to, you know, the uncle and the aunt together, I guess. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. She comes a little later on. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. You know, it's, I think it has to do with your agent and, you know, of course you always want to be as close to the top field. I don't really know what kind of order. It's not in alpha order. It's it's in crazy jungle order. Probably. Well, they don't have the credits matched with the you know the characters matched with the actors. But if they did, we would imagine that it would be like Kevin McCarthy as Stanley Spadowski and be like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Anthony Greary, uh, who plays Philo, would be next. Who was a uh, uh, at the time had been a, a big deal on the soap opera General Hospital. That's kind of a weird casting choice. I thought they had somebody else in mind for that. They did. Uh, we'll get back to that uh, in okay. a later minute because I it's also skipping my mind <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remembered, and I think, yeah, I think we will save that for Perfect. another time. Uh, and, yes, I, I really want to wait to talk about these guys until later, but we've got Trinidad Silva mm-hmm. and Getty Wat- Wat- Watanabe. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep tripping over that that name, but uh, as Raul and Cooney, mm-hmm. we will definitely be talking about those guys later. We're going to save those guys for later? Mm-hmm. I think so. Unless you have something super pertinent. Uh, well, I cannot wait. It, well, it can't be that pertinent because they don't actually appear in this minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do have a lot of animals. I guess Raul, maybe he supplied some animals that used other animal sounds for this scene. Yeah, this this whole thing could be happening on the set of Raul's Wild Kingdom, possibly. Maybe this whole movie is within Raul's Wild Kingdom. I like that idea. We'll have to try and build up a case for that as, as the film progresses. But uh, speaking of progressing, they uh, our characters in this uh, minute have been... Um, are we really going to... Ah, Ash Shield in this segment? Are we going to use minute? Everybody out there listening, you understand that this isn't actually a minute. It's more than a minute. It's an ultra minute, okay? We are shoving 62 seconds into a 60-pound box. Or, a, <laughs> I don't know, a 60-second box. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in this ultra minute, 
our characters are progressing through the jungle after the, the dismemberment, which is hilarious. And nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care, really. Even the guy who loses his arm just seems kind of <laughs> mostly surprised, and that's kind of it. Um, I just... Uh... It is. I, I know we're just kind of going through this, but yeah, when he when he backs up, it's pretty funny. Like he just like you say, he just looks surprised, and then he just backs up. Like where where's he going? Just go back to his wife and just be like, hey, I lost another arm today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just bails on the thing. You know, I I don't know. Like there's no communication. I guess I guess you can't go pointing guns around without consequences. Here's an, there's another question. Have you ever pointed a gun at somebody before? At somebody? Well, no, not not pointed a real gun at a real person. I have fired guns before, but only at targets. Um, I have pointed toy guns at people, okay. but not in a sense that they thought it was a real gun. So no real threat. That's the closest I've ever come at uh, pointing a gun at somebody was uh, my aunt and uncle got me a really cool BB gun pistol uh, when I was younger. And it was like full on like metal and very heavy, like the same weight as an actual pistol. And this is like before you had to have an orange cap on the barrel or anything like that. It was, it was really cool. And uh, it was kind of like a high-powered BB gun pistol. And we had this metal barrel back behind the shed in the back of our property. And I, I wanted to see how powerful this BB gun was. I thought I could uh, shoot a BB through this old uh, rusty metal barrel. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I had my sister in tow with me. And she was watching the proceedings. And I fired at it. and nothing happened. I didn't even see a dent and I was very disappointed. So I got closer. And so she went closer to see what was going on. Um, and it didn't even dent it again. So I got right oh, up within man. like, you know, I was probably four inches away from this barrel and, and my sister was standing right next to me and shot the barrel on course and ricocheted off and hit her in the eye. Oh, geez. And, he shot her eye out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a little dicey for a few minutes, but she's, she's totally fine. You know, she, she can see out of the other eye. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Good time. Lost, good time. lost another eye today. Yeah. Lost another eye today. Yeah. She just kind of backed away surprised looking and just kind of <laughs> <laughs> little, just a little bit of dab of dab of blood on her. shirt. Yeah. No big deal. Surprisingly, it was the other eye that fell out. The eye that didn't get shot. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone take their eye out? Uh, no, I no, I can't even stand. You know, kids that used to flip their eyelids out. Um, you know Ew. that thing. You that, know what I'm talking about? That's actually more graphic. I I, I knew somebody when I was younger who had a glass eye, and really? he took it out. I didn't actually. I guess it's the trick of the question. I didn't actually see him take the eye out. I just know that at one moment he had it in, and he turned around, and then the next minute he didn't have it in his eye. So, wow, um, that that was enough to freak me out. Anyway, I mean, I didn't really need to see it happen, but sure. <laughs> well, speaking of seeing things happen, how about we uh, see what happens next episode? That sounds good, but I do have one question oh, for you. Sure. So we have this guy who gets his left arm whipped off, and it it falls and it turns into a right arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you are a lefty. Does that I mean, do you do you feel slighted by that at all? That the left-handed people are underrepresented again, or get yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it doesn't bother me that much because I, it is a bummer being a left-handed person um, sometimes, but I don't do everything strictly left-handed. Like I, I play bass right-handed, and now that you mention it, I guess it bothers me a little bit. <laughs> 
I know what that means, but really, if you're right-handed, your left hand is actually doing like a lot more intricate stuff. Yeah, I know. That's the, like the only thing you know. I can think of um, you know Jimi Hendrix famously uh, strung his bass the other way, and uh, Doug Pennick from King's X, I believe, too. That's sure a one-handed guitar player. I'm not sure how that would work. I'm sure it's. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for it somewhere. Well, we know uh, you know if you're from the Nigel Tufner school, you can play with your foot. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think that's it for Minute 2. Minute 2. Follow us on uh, Twitter, at UHF62ND. Come check out the uh, Town Talk on Facebook, the Facebook listener group. Stay tuned.